1: So on today's episode of Not So Linear, I'm with Katrina, who, like me, is a fellow motherless daughter. But in the coming years, she has used her experience to become a grief and loss educator. So on today's episode, she's going to talk to us all about how we can support others and in the workplace when they are experiencing grief. So thank you for joining us.
0: Hi! i'm excited to be here thank you for having me
1: no problem how's everything going at the moment you guys aren't in lockdown anymore are you
0: no we're all good uh, now we've, we've pretty much got a bit of our freedom back which is really nice so yeah i feel for you guys in sydney
1: <laughs> roles of reverse i know but
0: once it's not melbourne
1: <laughs> <laughs> yay so we actually met over Instagram, didn't we? And it's funny how, like, our paths have crossed and actually how we have a very similar experience because our mums actually passed away within a couple of weeks from each other. Mm,
0: yeah, it's, it's crazy, actually. Um, my, we, they both passed away 11 years ago. My mum passed away, it was actually Wednesday this week, um, 11 years her anniversary, and then your mum's was, I think, the week
1: before. Yeah, literally, like, a few weeks before. Yeah. So how were you finding it the other day? Like, did you find the lead up harder or what was your experience like?
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, This year felt very, very intense compared to more recent years. Um, And I think it's just exasperated by the fact that, you know, I know that you kind of understand this, that being expats, um, we aren't able to get back to England. So I'm very much missing my family at the moment. And the lead up was very, very intense. I was feeling extremely griefy. Um, But the day itself, you know, I woke up in the morning feeling quite down. And then the rest of the day just felt like a normal day and I think sometimes we build it up so much in our mind and then that's what causes the anxiety and the stress and the emotions on the lead up because we're building it up in our head and then when the day hits we realize it's just another day
1: Yeah, exactly. And so what did you feel like other people had been like towards you? Had they been really nice? Or did people forget? Like, how did that make you feel?
0: Uh, So many people remembered. And that was really, really beautiful. Um, You know, a lot of people have not been able to get back to yet with the lovely messages that they sent me. But it honestly... It really, really helps just to know that other people were remembered and some of the cards and um, I've actually got a necklace on that my friend got me and it has a little G on it, which is my mum's uh, initial Greta. And um, what I loved about this is the fact that I've actually never told her my mum's name. You know, it's not something that we commonly say, we just say mum. And she took the time to go back and stalk me on social media to find my mum's name so she could put it on a necklace. So those things, you know, they meant. So much to me. Um, and it just shows, you know, that I've got a support network around me and that she's not forgotten.
1: Yeah, that's the most important thing, isn't it? Like feeling like people remember and to not be scared to bring her up. Yeah. So what was your journey like? And what led it to you to then become a grief and loss educator? I'm really keen to hear how that path like transformed.
0: Oh, what a story. Um, so yeah, my mum died when I was 15 years old. Um, eight years, after that and the, the eight years that followed were very very turbulent I lived in a lot of despair I kind of hid my grief from everybody um I had a lot of identity crises I um turned to alcohol I was partying too much sleeping with a lot of people I was basically just in this state of recklessness I didn't care about life um, I didn't see the point um five years ago, almost five years ago now, and um, there was a catalyst for change, really. And that catalyst was when my sister gave birth to her twins three and a half months early. And sadly, my nephew died at five days old. That same week, my all my mom's dad um, had a stroke and my other granddad was diagnosed with cancer. So it was a very turbulent week. It was a, it was a lot. Um, but at that moment, I actually looked around me and I saw the responses that people were having in the way that um, my family, my sister were reacting to, to what had just happened. And I realized in that moment that I was allowed to choose how I felt. I was allowed to choose happiness and that both happiness and grief can coexist because that's something that I didn't believe could happen before. And every time I felt happy, I felt guilty. And I, you know, essentially punished myself for that. So I saw that my sister, you know, she had all this love, this joy because she had a newborn um, baby. She had this child that she absolutely adored. And then I also saw the pain and the grief that she had for her son that had died as well. So I realized that, you know, you can have both of those emotions coexisting and you shouldn't feel guilty about having those happy moments and those moments of joy. (laughs) And that was the the, the trigger for change for me. And um, in the last four years I've started to talk more about my own journey, more about my own story. And as I was sharing it with my own network, my own friends, I just started to open up more to to other people. And I realized not just how helpful that was for them, but how helpful it was for me. I love talking about this stuff because I find it it's like therapy for me. And if at the same time I get to help others feel less alone so they don't have to experience eight years of pain and isolation the way that I did, then that's just incredible. Um this last year is where I've really started to focus in on my workplace um, support that I do. And it's, that's really come from just watching people around me, the conversations that I've had and noticing a pattern about the lack of support that we have in the workplace. And I think that that's a really powerful place to start. If we as adults know how we can support someone at grieving we can pass that on to our children so I really want to provide that support in workplaces and educate that grief isn't just about death as well grief can happen from all different situations in our life it can happen from redundancy relationship breakdown and um, identity loss and it's important that we as workplaces managers employers have the tools in place to be able to provide support for our employees. so that's what I do now
1: that sounds amazing. And what is it that you talk about in your workshops? How could you tell us a bit about how they are and like what you'll talk about in more specifics?
0: Yeah. So my whole um, I have three different workshops depending on sort of what your roles are and what it, what your needs are. And um, but my all my workshops focus on the three C's of grief, is what I call them. So that's um, compassion, community, and connection it's all built off of that. Um, So really, I just talk about the tools that we can use to look after others, the way that we can look after ourselves. Um, I also talk about What grief is and how that impacts us inside work and outside of work. Because a lot of the time, people say to me, Katrina, that's my personal life. You know, that doesn't go into my professional life. But unfortunately, you know, actually, a lot of the time, our personal life and what's happening outside of work does impact the workplace. Most of us spend over 50% of our waking hours at work. We can't be naive enough to say that. It doesn't impact our performance because it does. And grief is a whole body experience. Um, it affects our mental capability, our physical, our emotional. So it is going to impact our work. And I think we need to be able to provide that support in the workplace too. So I go through that. And then um, I also offer support for helping them create policy and procedures that is suitable. and um, helping them to guide to make those changes to be able to support their employees better.
1: Which aspects do you think that they find the hardest? And I know that's a very wide ranging question, but is it to do with people who are coming back to work and literally no one in the office knows how to respond? Or is it even the managers as well? Like, is it, is it everybody?
0: Yeah, a lot of the time, pretty much nobody knows what to do. And I think it's that discomfort of knowing what to say and knowing how to react and not wanting to say the wrong thing.
1: Cause I was in a weird situation when my mom passed away because I wasn't at work. It was in the summer holidays just before university. So I didn't have that awkwardness of having to go into the office, let's say two to three weeks later, or, you know, however minimal time that we actually get these mm-hmm. days. So did you go through that experience?
0: No, I was at school. I was at school, yeah. you know, I was, um, you were 15. yeah, just finished my, uh, just about through my GCSEs. Um, and You know, I wasn't at work. However, I was at university and working when my nephew died. My sister was working, her husband. and, And my dad was obviously working, you know, when my mom died. And then the conversations that I've had since, um that as well and shared with people i've realized that that support just isn't in workplace um, i i really strongly believe in collaboration and not reinventing the wheel and i know a lot of amazing people out there that are doing incredible work with young people in schools so i decided to actually although i'm very passionate about that and i support them in different ways um this is where my focus is is sort of heading at the moment yeah
1: so what do you think in the workplace needs to change? Because right now we're seeing a lot of new policies coming in around miscarriage and early pregnancy loss. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's other areas as well?
0: Oh, just bereavement leave in general. Like, I think, first of all, education is really, really important. And um, as managers, as our, you know, we have a lot of responsibility to look after our staff. And unfortunately, people's biases and perspectives and experience can impact how well they manage teams. Um, and, you know, a lot of staff and managers now are, are having a push on having you know mental health training um but there's nothing there about grief and loss and so often mm-hmm. when people return to work and um, the managers may do something that's actually quite insensitive they may say things that are quite insensitive and i think it's important that we provide that support for the staff and they have that education around that and just just the basic knowledge um of, of, of how to support them the second thing is yeah policy change so at the moment, um, the required leave in Australia is two days bereavement leave, paid bereavement leave, and that is it. So that's all a business has to give. And then they can basically force you to come back to work or they can,
1: you know, stop your pay. Um, they would be a bit pointless, wouldn't it? We wouldn't exactly be working.
0: <laughs> well, exactly. It's, it's actually, it's honestly, it's honestly, um, abysmal two days and although I think that a lot of these policies that are coming out are improvements and they're a step in the right direction I don't think they're enough and I think there's a lot more that needs to be done um, and you know policy doesn't just refer to having paid time off it also refers to how they actually support within the workplace and the tools that they have in the workplace to support people so they're the two big changes that I think um, need to be made also redefining um, what close relatives means, because close relatives means something to different to every single person you know someone's auntie could be like their mom they could ba- basically raise them um, but unfortunately they're not classed as close relatives your neighbor down the street could be the only person that you've ever had a friendship with maybe you don't have any family and they're the person that you see every day and if they die they're not classed as a close relative so I think we really need to redefine what close relative means because it's completely different for everybody
1: Yeah, I think that too, like, say for me and you who've lost our mum, like, I'm quite close to my nana. And I always think, well, you know, I wouldn't want to be treated any differently. Because, you know, if a grandparent passes away, people quite often think that that's something that you just kind of get over. But for many of the people that could mean the world is ending, like it's such a tough thing to go through.
0: Exactly, exactly. Because people see you know, it is the natural order of things almost, I guess. So they don't give it as much acknowledge or validity, but it's not the case at all.
1: No. So when you do these workshops, do you get a lot of questions of people saying, like, how do I deal with it? So I think people get nervous, don't they? If a new if someone's gonna come into the office two weeks after their mum has died, what do they say to them? So what kind of advice do you give?
0: My biggest piece of advice is it's better to say something than nothing at all. But obviously that also, um, to preface that, you have to make sure that you ask the griever first. That It's the manager's responsibility to ask them whether they actually want the workplace to know. Because not everybody wants their colleagues to know what has happened. And it's also important to ask the griever whether they actually want people to say anything or all or acknowledge it. Because, you know, I've, I've had a story actually, a friend of mine was telling me, she's a psychologist and she works with bereaved women. And this one woman got up and she shared the story of how she went back to work after her husband died. And her colleague gave her a massive hug and said, I'm here for you. I'm, you know, I'm so sorry this has happened. And She said it was the best thing ever. And the lady sat next to her and said, oh, my goodness, I would have hated that. When I went back to work, I didn't want anybody to mention it. So it's really important that first of all, before we even think about what we're going to say, we just ask that griever whether it's appropriate to them and whether that's what they actually want, because they might not want it. Um then in terms of if you know if they're happy for things to be to be said or acknowledged, first thing is saying something is better than saying nothing at all. And then generally I have a bit of a toolkit of like things that we can reframe. So words that we can reframe. I don't ever think it's it's good to say, don't say this, because that just makes people panic more and it makes them feel more uncomfortable. And then that's when they shut down. So I try and talk about how we can reframe our words so that maybe it's a little bit more appropriate, and a little bit more suitable um, and a little bit more comforting. Um, So things instead of saying like, at least, what could we say instead? And I get them to interact and think about it themselves rather than me just sitting there and Telling them what to say, because if you're thinking about it yourself, you know, it's more likely A, to stay with you, you'll feel more comfortable with it. It's more, it's something that resonates with you more and it's more authentic. And I think showing your empathy and your compassion in a more authentic way actually is more powerful than just reading something that somebody once told you to say.
1: Yeah, I love that. And that's something we've learned a lot in the grief community, isn't it all about? Don't say at least because it actually works in any scenario, whether we're talking about the borders being closed, oh well, at least you're in Australia, it's really hot or blah, blah, blah. It's just not what people want to hear.
0: No, no, it diminishes people's grief. And, you know, all grief is valid. I I do say not all grief is the same, but all grief is valid. And it's important that we respect that person's emotions and their response and their perspective and experience um, instead of trying to find a solution because there's not always a solution that doesn't need to be a solution. It's not your job to find a solution or to try and fix it. So just acknowledge it, validate their experience.
1: And when you do the workshop, is there anyone there that has you know, actually gone through a grief or a loss in the workplace and they can actually go and give real life examples? Oh. All the time. People, you know, people
0: always say sometimes people will bring it up, sometimes people won't. And you know, I preface every single workshop with if you start to feel uncomfortable at any point in time, you're welcome to leave. Um, you're welcome to share your experiences. You don't have to. I also acknowledge the fact that I am not a clinical psychologist, I am not a counsellor, I'm just someone there that is sharing my experiences on what I've learned to better help them. Um, so people are welcome to share if they want to, um, but they really don't have to. But you do find that people generally start to open up, and once one person's opened up, it's like a domino effect, and more people start to
1: share. How do you think then we can take this concept that you've built and the way that you kind of work that in? businesses in the workplace into society so for example somebody could have a big friendship group but they don't know how to deal with their friend that's just lost their mum how do you think that people can be taught or or helped in that way
0: just go out and ask like go out and have those conversations we learn the most when we have those uncomfortable conversations don't necessarily ask the Griever because they might not know and that's not maybe appropriate at that point in time. Um but go out and research, there's so many resources out there. Go on Google. Like we've got access to so much information these days. All you have to do is type in Google, say how what could I say to a griever? And a whole list of things that you should say or you can say, I don't like should or shouldn't, but things that you could say and things that maybe are best to avoid, they come up. It's all there for you. Go to Instagram, social media. There's all of these communities that you can go and ask and people are more than happy to help. So Mm -hmm. if you're really wanting to support somebody, just go out and research. Just like if you want to learn a new skill, you go out and learn it. You go and get the information. You read books. You go online. You attend courses. You can do the exact same thing with grief and loss.
1: Do you think that it's actually the society is scared to approach these types of subjects? Because we all know how to teach ourselves with things, but people tend to, in these scenarios, shy away?
0: Yeah, because we tend to group emotions and experiences into good and bad, and we like to avoid the bad, um, and we gravitate towards the good. I don't believe there is any such thing as good or bad emotions. I think it's just neutral. I think there's just emotions, and there's just, you know, and grief is one of those. Um, And unfortunately, people feel uncomfortable with it. It's something that's never spoken about. Like, if you think about mental health, a lot more people are starting to feel comfortable talking about that because – it's, it's a topic that has been boosted, but for a very long time, unfortunately, people didn't feel comfortable talking about it. If you never taught about it, you're not going to talk about it. Um, so it's the same with death, dying, grief, loss. If we don't have those conversations, we're never going to feel comfortable because we, we want to always have the solution. You know, we always want to know what we're talking about. We don't want to look the fall. Um, so until but until we have those uncomfortable conversations and say hey look I don't know put your hands up and say I want to learn but I don't know we're not going to feel comfortable you just have to get used to have like asking the questions I think um and it's it's a shame that people feel uncomfortable you know a lot of the time as well people think that grief is this awfully sad thing and if you talk about it you have to be absolutely miserable like most people that I talk about like most people that have experienced a significant loss most people in this grief community are absolutely hilarious and i think that when you listen to the conversations they have such upbeat conversations because at the end of the day i think it's a privilege you get to hear people's stories you get to hear about their loved ones and it's an honor and it's a connection that you you can't find anywhere else um it's not just all doom and gloom there's so many beautiful things that you can find and learn in grief and I think it's about changing that narrative that it isn't just about you know sadness people always say to me oh my gosh you are in grief and loss that must be so sad and it isn't like 10% of it is sad 90 percent of it isn't um, and I think it's yeah just changing that narrative
1: do you get weird looks that so people like go, what?
0: Yeah, they just don't get it. Like they don't get it when I'm sat here smiling as I talk about grief. Like they just don't, <laughs> don't get it. Like,
1: you're too like, happy. Like,
0: like, yeah, exactly. You're too happy. You, you can't be grieving because you're smiling. Like, no, that's not true because the two can coexist. And it's not one or the other. And just because, yes, I've experienced this deep sadness, it doesn't mean that I can't experience happiness too. In fact, that deep sadness has allowed me to experience deep joy.
1: Has some of this come from experiences you've had when you were younger? So, for example, you're at university and people ask you, What did your mum do? Did you find yourself in really awkward scenarios and how did you handle it?
0: Oh, God, all the time. And do you know, I think the biggest change for me is when I realized I didn't have to feel uncomfortable about sharing show my grief and that's what then changed other people's responses because they saw that I was uncomfortable they would ask the question you know what does your mum do um did you do anything with your mum at the weekend what are you doing on mother's day all of those questions that we all get and then when you feel uncomfortable and you're like oh well um actually um, see well actually my mum actually like died and you kind of like shy away from it They feel uncomfortable because they think they've upset you. And then you feel uncomfortable because they feel uncomfortable. It's just this perpetual cycle. Now, if somebody asks me, I'm like, oh, yeah, my mom died. And their response is so different. Nine times out of 10, they're like, oh, that's awful. Um, And they ask me questions because they see that I'm open to it.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. Mine is exactly the same, and I, you know, I wrote in my recent article about how I took control of my grief over the last two years or so. I was exactly the same as you. People would ask me like, "Oh, so what are you get your mum for Mother's Day?" And I'd just be like, "Oh, I don't know, <laughs> she was dead." <laughs> oh yeah, my mum. Uh, I remember a hairdresser asking me once, and I was like, "Oh yeah, she um, doesn't work at the moment." <laughs> But now it's like you said, if you take control and you show people that you're confident in it and you're ready to talk about it, then what's the issue?
0: Yeah. And it opens up that conversation for them. Maybe that person has experienced a grief or a loss and they're really, really wanting to talk to somebody about it and they're feeling really isolated or alienated. And you just saying that makes them feel less alone. I'm not saying you have to share every single detail or have conversations like what well, you do. I understand that's not what everybody wants to do and that's fine, but don't be embarrassed of your grief like don't hide from it don't feel bad for other people feeling uncomfortable if they can't handle it if they can't find like if they feel uncomfortable and they're not willing to sit with that discomfort that's on them that's not on you that's a learning that they have to you know find and, and go through and at some point in time they will because they will experience grief themselves because we're all going to experience it at some point in our life death is probably the only definite thing that is going to happen and other forms of grief as well relationships breaking down um, moving cities whatever it may be in covid right now everybody is experiencing grief so at some point in time that person is gonna realize um but don't basically just don't shy away from your grief like your grief is valid you're allowed to to, to say it as it is and don't feel uncomfortable just because the other person does.
1: yeah And also, I think one thing that you mentioned before was all about how when we start to look at helping people, so a friend, for example, that has been in that kind of situation, and and we're struggling to help them. You know, I get a lot of people on Instagram asking me, how do you support someone? And I I do sometimes find it hard to answer the question, because like you said before, it is different. Every single person has a, a completely different way that they want to experience it and approach it. But one of the things I don't really like reading about is when it tells you don't tell them that, no, sorry, don't ask them what they want, just maybe go and do it. And I, I don't know if I agree or not with that, because at the same time, what they're trying to say is, OK, if they need help and they, they want you to go and like drop off some dinner, don't ask them. And I... I understand that because you don't want to put the weight on them to have to think and decide what to do. But at the same time, we're also telling grievers or people supporting grievers that we should ask them. So there is a bit of conflict and like confusion.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's also just giving some people a bit of grace. Like, you know, I didn't know if 15 year old me, if it was my best friend whose mum had just died, I would have no idea what to do. And I wouldn't blame You can't blame people for not knowing what to do. And I think we just have to give each other a little bit of grace there and realize that if it's coming from a place of love and good intention, then that's the most important thing. I have really good friends of mine that have sometimes said things that have upset me, or maybe they've done things that have hurt me. I don't hold it against them. I communicate to them. Actually, that's not really the right thing for me, or that didn't feel good. And then they know and I know. And then you've set that boundary. You've made it clear. And then next time it doesn't happen because sometimes until until it happens, you don't you don't know, right? Um, I think in terms of like giving people support, like y- y- you're right. Sometimes you can just go and do those things. So you can just drop off dinner, but it's also about respecting that person's boundaries. So if they turn around and say, "Actually, I really appreciate it, but I don't want it," don't then just keep forcing it on them, like just because they're grieving doesn't mean they can't make their own decisions so, yeah. yes it is nice to have like food arrive at your door or someone basically just turn up and say I'm here but if that person then says actually I really just want to be on my own respect that um, I think that's really really important just respect people's boundaries
1: yeah I think it's quite hard to think back because like you said we were quite young when we lost our mum so everything's just a big blur now and I sometimes I don't know if you do this I put myself in the situation where I think if I was a griever now what would I want and I actually don't know the answer and I think you don't know until you're in that time
0: no and 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 grieving different people was different you know my nephew that was a completely different experience to my mom and you know if my dad when my dad does die Mm -hmm. that's going to be a completely different experience to my because what I know now and the way that I see the world now, my perspectives and everything that's happened since, it's completely changed me. I'm not the same person that I was. So I think, you know, you could lose two people on the same day at the same time. I really hope you don't, but you could. And you would grieve completely different for them. Like your grieving process would be completely different for each person. So it's really hard to say like, what what you'd need or what you'd want. Yeah.
1: I'm curious to know, or if you mind me asking about your sister's experience and how did you support her? Because she must have had extremely conflicting grief. She had one child that survived and another that didn't. What was that like?
0: I mean, I can only ex- explain, like, from my experience of supporting her. Um, it was hard. It was really, really hard. And... For me, you know, at this time, I had just come out of an abusive relationship. I was just like kind of finding my identity again. And I also found my sister had basically gone into the mother role for me after my mum died and it kind of switched. And I had to then, as the younger sister, look after her. And it was really, really hard. And even then, you know, I was this person that had experienced a great loss. I still didn't know what to say. Like, you know, I was trying to support and I had no idea what to say. And I think it's important to acknowledge that and let people know that just because you've experienced the loss, it doesn't matter if you don't know what to say. Like, we don't have all the answers all the time. Um, it was a really, really hard time. And it was it was just devastating to really watch my sister go go through that and not have my mum present. And I think that's the thing that loomed over all of us most is the fact that my mum wasn't there to support her in that time. I know that my dad has has mentioned before that that was really hard for him um, to not have my mum there, but yeah, yeah.
1: And when it's a sibling as well, like it was your sister, it's so hard sometimes to express your emotions to them, isn't it? Because you don't want to see them upset. Did it really hurt to see her in that space?
0: Oh yeah, we argued so much. You know, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Like, some like, of <laughs> the arguments that we had during that time were extremely explosive, and there were moments where I was like, "I'm done. Like, I'm not seeing my sister ever again." And obviously, that that, that didn't happen, and that's not the case. But you know, it was it was really really hard because y- you're doing everything you can for that person, and you know you can't fix them, and you know that the stuff that they say or their reactions isn't what they truly mean they're just in deep deep pain and they've got so many conflict conflicting emotions you know um and it's it's a really tough time but i think and this is the same with all grief and anybody who's supporting grief just be there like you know be there it doesn't mean condoning some of the stuff they may do or say or the way they may react and the way they may lash out or hurt you as a result of their grief that's you know that's not okay it's never okay But to just be there and not go, because when you experience grief, you are so afraid, or at least I am. And I know a lot of other people are of more people leaving. Right. And it can be so scary because, you know, that Life can just end at any minute right? So you have this deep desire to love more, but this deep fear of people leaving. And you know that if you love someone more, the pain of them leaving is going to hurt even more, right? So if that person, if you can just stay there, no matter what, if you can just be, that is so powerful. And it shows that person so much. And I think that that is the greatest support that you can give is to just not go anywhere.
1: Because they're in such a vulnerable place, they need that person to stay with them. So moving on back to you then, what's next? Like what are the new plans that you've got in store in terms of helping people through their grief? Like what do you want to do next?
0: I am... I have a few projects in the works that I can't share, unfortunately. <laughs> it is about just widening the community. Um, I'm really passionate about getting people together. I'm really passionate about collaboration and working with um, projects and people that are already doing amazing things in this space and just seeing how we can widen that impact. Um, the more people that know about it, the more people that feel comfortable talking about it the more people that share their story I think that that's a powerful thing and um, I know storytelling is something I'm really passionate about I think it breeds connection compassion community and that's ultimately what I think can help in grief so my main focuses are on those three things and how I can elevate those three three things in this space
1: and what about resources because there's a lot more content coming out now so podcasts books what are your favorite go-to's
0: podcasts hence why i'm on one right now and you know i love listening to yours so um I absolutely love podcasts because i think that they just give a real authentic raw real insight into people's lives and stories and you can take so much away from that um i do love reading um the book that i most recently read is the oprah, Winf- oprah Winfrey book uh what happened to you and i think that's a really really interesting book to read um and it's it it ties in about like trauma and grief and, um, again, storytelling and, um, looking a little bit deeper into the experiences people have had and how it shaped them into the, the person they are now. So I do love reading and I also like following Instagram accounts. Um, yeah, they're kind of like three things at the moment.
1: Sounds good. Is there anything that you'd like to share with the listeners before we wrap up? Is there anything that you'd also like to chat about?
0: Just to say, you know, you get to choose. You get to choose how you decide to grieve. You get to choose whether you want to be happy or not. You get to choose the life that you get to continue to live and that choice is all yours um to be happy doesn't mean to have forgotten that person it doesn't mean that you're no longer grieving both things can coexist at the same time and your grief is always valid never let anybody tell you otherwise and if you ever need anybody to just reach out to then I'm here you're welcome to reach out we'll start for everything eventually <laughs>
1: Perfect, and I'll be putting your links to your website and your Instagram when I post it too so that people can find your resources. Do you have anything online so that people who are in workplaces could download anything?
0: Yeah, so I have a couple of resources coming out. I'm going to be doing a lot more videos um, in the next few weeks. Um, and if anybody wants to just learn about how they could maybe make some changes in their workplace or have that, then they can just reach out to me and I'm happy to share with them resources always that we work work together. Perfect.
1: Well, thank you very much for joining.
0: Thank you for having me.